0: All right. Well, welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. I'm your host, Matt Hines. Very excited to be here with you here every week at 11:30 Pacific, 2:30 Eastern. If you are joining us live on LinkedIn, joining us live on YouTube, live on Facebook, thanks very much for joining us. We are here every week in the middle of your work week, even if it's the last day of the month, even if it's the last day of the quarter. We're going nuts, folks, trying to close some deals in our sales pipeline, but we're still here, so thanks for joining us. If you're watching us on demand on LinkedIn, thanks very much for checking us out. If you're listening to this podcast through your RSS feeder, thank you for subscribing, thank you for downloading. We are somewhere around 300 episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio. been doing this for a while, and if you like what you hear today, encourage you to check out past guests, past episodes, past topics, all available on demand at salespipelineradio.com. Also very excited to continue to sort of partner with Sendoso uh, as our sponsor of Sales Pipeline Radio. Uh, Great partner. We're using Sendoso for our programs as well. And honestly, you know, in today's we're so digitally focused on so many campaigns. We got a hybrid workplace. We got people all over the place. Those human connections still, Sangra, make a really big difference. And brands that embrace that physical, virtual, and hybrid strategy are really making strides to build those connections. We're going to talk a little bit about that today as well in terms of go, better go to market strategies. So, would encourage folks that want to learn how to be better at managing hybrid go to market strategies, hybrid environments for marketing and sales, check out the connected event from Sendosa's coming up on October 13th, literally just in a couple of weeks. So, October 13th, 2021. You can learn more at sendoso.com slash connected. You can sign up for free. They've got some amazing speakers, great content. What I love about companies like, well, what I love about what Sangram has always done with Flip My Funnel, with Peak Community. It is not a hard sell. It is not a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Sangram? The the, um, the bait and switch. It's not, this is not, no, this is not, this is not going to be timeshare sales at all. Um, (laughs) Sangram does it right. Sendoso does it right. You're going to learn a lot. Um, so check them out. Sendoso.com slash connected. Uh, all right. So every week on sales plan, plan radio, we are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing in B2B today. It's absolutely no different. Uh Consider you a friend, Sangram. Have known you for a long time. He ran marketing at Pardot. Uh, He really was at the forefront of ABM. He was the founder of the Flip My Funnel movement. It was hard for several years not to think of ABM and not think of Flip My Funnel. He is the founder of the Peak Community, which if you are a B2B marketing professional, if you're an up-and-coming marketing leader, you've got to check out this great community that Sangram has built. The author of several books including the recent book called Move, which I found out today has been named a USA Today bestseller. So on its way to selling more and more copies and here to share more of it for free to you. Sangram, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Dude, I love that. I think you're, you're punching gloves. You should just put them on because that's really what we're end of quarter right now. And, and we're all going through this right now.
0: Oh my gosh! so end of end of quarter, end of month, so depending on like what i what I call the SAS calendar, most SAS yeah. calendars now are like you know February through January, so yes. you might be the middle of your sas q three totally fine, and while I was talking to someone about this earlier today, like so as a seller, like this SAS calendar is so much better, right because you no longer have to treat December of the end of quarter, end of month, end of year, and like when you want to be home with your family hanging out, no matter your religion, like this end of year it's a celebratory time. Instead, you're trying to close deals. So bad for sellers, but also bad for buyers. Like, do you think your buyer wants to be, they want to be with their family. They don't need to buy from you right now. And yet you're grinding, trying to get their attention so much better to take that. I think
1: we changed at Terminus, we changed that two years ago. And it was like, we just got some life for everybody back. I think we just added like, you know, less gray hair to everybody. And then hopefully some blessings along the way, because it's just not, it has helped so much.
0: It's just better for everybody. Well, anyway, it is the last day of the month regardless. So those of you that have monthly sales cycles, I hope you're doing well. Tomorrow will come. We'll all reset. We'll be okay. But Sango, I, I was just really excited to have you join today and just, you know, have just I, I've learned so much from not only sort of sort of your energy and insights, uh, but also you 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 have been spending a lot of time recently just digging in on what makes things work. Um, and it's a big part of what has come is become this new book move. So, talk a little bit about sort of the research that you did, some of the insights you found, and some of the origins of where this book came from. So, uh,
1: so this book—I I hope this book becomes one of those books. right you know, people say like your second or third book is actually the, the, the better book. So, so maybe maybe this is true for for me uh, in this one and. Honestly, I used COVID time to literally pick up the phone and call any and everybody because everybody was open to talk Like for a period of time. I think that was true for all of us. We needed that. And I talked to Jeffrey Moore, who wrote Crossing the Chasm, to, to Brian Halligan, who, you know, who was CEO of HubSpot, to Nick Mehta, CEO of Gainsight, like just VCs and CEOs and CMOs across, because I was trying to understand this whole idea of go-to-market and how companies go to market, and there's an article, everybody's feel free to research that, called SaaS Value of Death. SaaS Value of Death. And, and it, it literally is, and, and articles, and app, and there are many articles on, on that, where you can literally see that after 10 million, after 10 million, Matt, companies actually die. Like, it's literally, like, at that point, you thought, you know, a million was great, five million is awesome, 10, like, I think we made it. But they actually go to die. It's like 0.04%, 0.04%. 0.04% of the companies actually make it after 10 million and in between 10 and 50. And this whole book that that came about was recognizing that, it look, it's hard. It's hard to build a business. It's hard to figure out what your go-to-market motions are. And what's even harder is to figure out that you have to reinvent, reimagine yourself every so often along this journey. So the big this book has a couple of different frameworks that helps companies in, 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 look at where they are, assess that in a problem product platform, those three stages, and then a framework called the move framework, which stands for market operations velocity and expansion. We can go deeper in it later on, but those four things will help you figure out how do you go? What decisions do you make? How do you figure out and plot your next move? How do you navigate this value of debt?
0: So the books you've written previously, you know, have been focused on marketing, focused on account based marketing. I thought your book, ABM is B2B, was uh, for anyone who is trying to sort of navigate this, I guess, post ABM frothing this world. Now that we've moved beyond (laughs) sort of hashtag ABM and we're saying, like, how does this fit in? I think, honestly, it's not that different than social selling. Like you don't hear people say social selling as much anymore because it's just it, it is an evolved way of selling that is now part of the regular motion. I think ABM is on that way as well. Account orientation to those complex deals—that's just a better way of—that's just a better way of B two B. I love that this next book is is not—it's not a sales and marketing book. This is a go to market book. So this is not just for the CMOs. If you're trying to figure out how to focus on market opportunities, how to identify which direction to go, this book is a roadmap for that. And the piece you just mentioned, the word you just mentioned that I want to keen on is the problem. I think a lot of companies say like, I have a product, I have a product idea. I have a solution in mind. I want to bring that to market. And you may be right. You may have defined product market fit well. But the validation of that is not going to be in how well you build the product. The validation is going to be in how well you solve a problem. Talk a little bit about what you learned in your research and why that that dynamic is so important.
1: Oh, man, this is so interesting. Now, I'll, I'll, in the research, Matt, what we found out was you could be a $20 million company and still be in problem market fit. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that you still haven't figured out the repeatable, scalable motions of it. You still haven't figured out the use cases that you can just say, oh, I can do that all day long. You still haven't figured out the industry that you know how to penetrate and go after. You still are just trying to figure out you have all these different things that you're selling. You still could be a $20 million company. Twenty and still being problem market fit. And what helps you move from problem to product in truest sense, the product market fit is not 10 customers that you sold or hundred customers that people think you sold. It's not that it's actually what we found out from all these interviews was your retention. Your retention is what actually tells you are your product market fit because Getting new customers, you you know, you you could just create movements. As, you know, we have, we've have done that, we've we've seen, but they could all have high retention rate, and nobody would know. You would, you'll see companies raising a hundred million dollar uh, left and right, and you think, oh, they're they got their go-to-market together, and then two months later, poof, they're gone. The problem is not getting net new revenue, but actually creating net retention rate, the NRR, and that was man mind blowing to me.
0: You know, it seems like there's so much focus on growth and you hear this term hyper growth and trying to create sort of the the, the machine that drives growth. We're hearing product led growth today in terms of sort of saying, hey, listen, just build it into your product. You may or may not have to hire salespeople like just it'll be. There's always this sort of next shiny object, the new panacea. And, you know, your comment about companies that sort of fail after a certain size. I wonder if that is in part because they build that engine based on a product without rooting it in making adjustments to what's happening with the customer and the problem? Like, what, oh. what did you see in the research to sort of reiterate some of that?
1: Oh, I, rem- I so this is a conversation with Jeffrey Moore. That was so enlightening. Jeffrey Moore, who, you know, most people know him, he, wrote crossing the ca- uh, chasm, you know, don't buy my book, go buy his book first, because it is actually a really, really good book. And every, everybody should have, um, it's a legendary book uh, talking about how companies cross and, and create and early adopters and all that. And he kind of said that, hey, this is like the new Crossing the Chasm, which was, I thought was a huge compliment uh, to me, to, to the book and the research that went into it. But he said something that was so important, and it shaped some of the book, Matt. Uh, he literally came back from a conversation with Mark Benioff. He's still advising them, and he was at an offside for them. And then Monday morning, 9 a.m., we have this call And he said, and I showed him like, oh, here are the three P's and, you know, here's the move framework. And he's like, he looked at it and he said, you're missing something big here. I'm like, what? He's like, look, your go-to-market team evolves from, you know, probably market fit. Typically it is, you know, founder-led, sales-led. That's what happens. Then when you get to product market fit, you have marketing and sales coming together, right? That's really the ABM space, if you will, in our own way. And then when you get to platform market fit, which means you have a bigger set of products to sell and a bigger market to get, we had uh, sales, marketing, and customer success. He said, your order is wrong. The order for that one needs to be customer success, sales, and marketing. And we're like, well, you know, talk to us. He's like, look, when you become truly a platform market fit, like Salesforce and all these companies, you're no longer talking about how do I get net new customers. I mean, that's part of you. You build that brand and the machine and the engine around it. What makes companies great is when you have customer success, part of your go-to-market team, and they are the one helping you figure out what your next customers look like. They are the one telling here are the cohorts of customers that we need to spend time and attention on. They are the one who are actually become the, the almost the front runner for the next evolution of your business. And right. if the order is different and your sales and marketing continues to be at ahead of customer success, you're going to have retention issues. You're going to have support issues. You're going to have all kinds of issues in your organization and you won't be able to be a true platform market fit. So if you look in the book, we changed the order and said customer success plus sales and marketing because it was such a profound thought.
0: Someone told me, it might have been, I heard this, read this from Jeffrey, some of like this, you know, customer success. Uh, is is a lagging indicator of sales and marketing success, right? And I think it's interesting to think about that relationship as you grow, right? As you see um, sort of, you know, what's happening in the market. Uh, talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Sangram Vajre, He's the author of the new book, Move. It is a USA Today bestseller now, uh, four-question go-to-market framework. And we got a few more minutes with you today. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about community. Um, yeah. I'm hearing, you know, this, so 2021, more and more, like, aside from product-led growth, more and more marketing leaders are thinking about how to build community and seeing community, not only as a core part of content, but as a competitive differentiator in the market, when you can sort of get people sort of spend time together. Um, this is no. This is not news to you. You've been doing this for years. Uh, the flip my funnel movement. Uh, I remember, you know, when when you did that. The, I mean, the, the peak. I mean, it still continues. The peak of flip my funnel to, May, to me was the conference in Boston yeah. when we did we did Family Feud. I was dressed wow. up as Steve Harvey. It was a little ridiculous. Yeah. But I remember awesome. standing in the back of the room and looking at thousands of people in the Boston Conference Center. That was like you, you created a movement and a whole conference and a whole ecosystem, and you're recreating now with Peak Community, by the way. I don't know if there's conferences coming up for that, but just, you know, oh, what, what did you see early on that compelled you to say community is going to be a key focus area for us?
1: Well, thank you for uh, reminding of you You being Steve Harvey. I, I, I'm going to go look for that picture where you had that mustache and everything. It was, it was legendary. It was awesome. Uh, and, and, and the support that you uh, you have provided. To me, and, and you've heard me say this, I believe that uh, without a community, you're simply a commodity. And most people don't recognize that. You know, today you can buy uh, Loyalty. By, by having a better, like companies will change in many ways. You can buy that loyalty there to today. You, you like shop here, you can start shopping there. But you will also recognize that some people would, and all of us have this, where we would say, you know what, I like this so much that I'm okay to pay a higher price for this. Mm-hmm. I like this so much that I'm gonna wear a t-shirt with that logo on it, right? We're walking, talking billboards every day. So I always have been fascinated by that idea that, why would people put tattoos on their body for something like that? One day I hope that's true for one of the communities that I get to build. Uh, but and, and it, it, it has always felt to me that people want to be part of whatever is the problem going on. They want to be part of a movement. They don't want to be part of a product company. Like, you right. know, that's just the last thing they would ever want because they know what's behind the thing. But Matt, this is one thing that I think a lot of people have tried to do this, But but I think the... They're, they're not authentic around it. And I, right. I think that's the challenge that everyone will have to face. You know with Flip My Funnel, I was doing the keynote, but had competitors do the keynote as well alongside. Terminus was just a booth with everybody else. We never tried to override and have Terminus big brand logo. We were like, people are smart. They know what's happening over here. We've always wanted to build an industry conference because there is no such thing as category of one. So there were a lot of these things that my mind was thinking about it, and I'm glad we started doing that. And now with outreach, acquiring, sales, hacker, I mean, it's almost like, oh yeah, like companies are recognizing that you yeah. need a community, and you, and if you can't build it, you will buy it. And so
0: this is yeah. this is gonna just happen. Well, and, you, and to your point, you have to be careful at what the community pivots on. I remember years ago the company Camelback that sells like the backpacks with a little water patches in it or or pouches, you know, they, they just said, Hey, I think we need to sort of think about building a community and a group of people. And we want to build a community around hydration. I said, that sounds boring. I don't know if hydration is going to give you any kind of interesting scale. I know that's what your product does, but like they ultimately settled on creating a a community around weekend warriors, like people that like had day jobs, had things they had to do, you know, Monday through Friday. And, um, And on weekends, like they like going out hiking, they like doing sort of extreme long hikes, right? And so the ability to sort of pivot on the right thing, I mean, there are occasional examples of product-centric communities. I would say top liners from Eloqua is one that was very much a product community, which became a tribe. Like, I mean, you you, you went to the old Eloqua, this is pre-acquisition, you go to an Eloqua experience conference, very rarely do you see more hugs than handshakes at conferences, but Eloqua experience, was one. I remember a company I worked at called House Values. It was, you know, selling it was technology and marketing products to real estate agents. The relationship the company had with its customers, they would occasionally do these meetings and it'd be like a family reunion. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Like and when you can create that connectivity. And what's interesting is the most successful of those are really it's it's where you as a brand, like you as the facilitator, sort of take a step back yeah right? and the less you are involved the more you have people in the community interacting with each other it increases the bonds and then almost counterintuitively it increases the strength of the bonds they have with you Yeah, because you are facilitating their conversation not not it's not it's where's my where's my not a this conversation it's a this yeah. conversation for those of you listening you can't see my fingers wagging around <laughs> well, i think you did that i mean and you and you continue to do that i think that's a key to making these communities work
1: uh, thank you. I think this that is so true. Like even in the community right now, at this very moment, there are events going on in the community that I'm not even part of it. Like I'm not I'm not, you know, sometimes I'll attend some some, some I won't, but it's run by the community. There's no sponsorship. Uh, it's all paid. And, and and it's interesting, like people are like, hey, and people are moving jobs. They're posting new jobs. And it's, it's now become like they can wait. For things to be opened up so we can actually do an event like we did with Club and it feels like those early days as well.
0: Well, and I think that, you know, there's when you look at you know the sales hacker being acquired you know it's it's a community and a content platform being acquired by outreach so that outreach has a community play when you see you know what was sales dinner clubs convert into revenue collective and now wow. get a huge amount of funding and accelerate i mean clearly you know investors are now seeing the power of community so i don't say all this to say hey entrepreneurs go create a community you can flip but i say two brands study what these companies have done well study what works well with flip my funnel and peaks to say okay how do we now do this so so to bring this back we got just a couple more minutes with our guest today sangram vajra he's the author of the new book move the four question go to market framework amazon uh barnes and noble pick it up where all good books are so sold i look forward to seeing it at an airport here pretty soon (laughs) once we start getting on airplanes again um You know, talk about what community, how community fits into this go to market framework and honestly, how community not only gives you that competitive advantage, but gives you sort of a regular insight into how your customers are thinking as well.
1: Oh, totally, man. Ah, gosh. Like, so this book, let's just, let's just talk about this book in a second from a community perspective. Six months ago, I put this, the book was done and I was like, this is the community. I didn't launch anywhere outside. I launched it in the community and said, hey, anybody wants to review this book? Tell me what you feel like. I'll put your name on the acknowledgements of the book and you make the book better. Literally hundreds of people edited the book, gave comments, gave reviews, all ready to go. So when I launched the book, like, guess what? There are already I think, 60, 70 reviews on it because they've already reviewed the book. Their name is in the book. They're part of the tribe. They created this book. So I think you, you, you I think people underestimate the power of community that would drive your business. The first hundred deals uh, in Flip My, uh, Terminus came from Flip My Fellow. Not because we, you know, we never said set Terminus, Terminus, Terminus by Terminus, no. but they no. all came to the booth, say, hey, you clearly are behind this. What do you guys do? It was an easier conversation than let me pitch you ABM. It was like, hey, we loved all the things that were talked about. If you want to learn more how we can do some of the things was talked about today. Great. Let's talk about it. So I think we need to think about a way where communities become a way where people tell each other, trust each other, support each other, and then you can create that conduit and you be that uh, authentically. That's the key word. Like you need to do that. authentically. You cannot go behind and say, hey, let me just sponsor our event. You, you can't do that. And I fought yeah. those battles. I have battle scars from it where I still internally am like, guys, I know we are big now, but we still can never overstep this thing. Uh, but it, it's a hard thing to do.
0: Well, and it's a bit of a long game, too. You know, I mean, this isn't a, a conference. This isn't a webinar. Uh, yeah. It's not a book club. Like you have to invest in this. But like someone yesterday, I was, at, I was doing CMO school with Pavilion and someone challenged me. They said, how can you possibly, you know, sort of drive demand if you're not doing sort of paid media? I said, well, don't if, if you can build the channel and you own the channel, you only the, the reason we have to pay money to Google The reason why you have to pay someone else to do an event with them is because they have put in the work to earn the attention. They have the audience because they have built it and earned it. Now, that's not something you can do with an email or an event. But you do the work and build the community and build the platform like you now own attention. And you can screw that up pretty quickly. Like if you do the bait and switch, if you do the timeshare sale, you can ruin it very quickly. But if you build that authentically and you keep yourself out of it, you keep your product out of it and make it about the customers, you have a media channel. Like you yeah, have a channel yeah. where people are coming to you where they want to be part of that. Like how many times do you have marketing that people are asking to be part of, are asking yeah. are even willing to pay for in some cases?
1: Yeah. And that was a test too for me. It was like, you know, flip my funnel, we almost had hundred thousand people in it, and we we're like, you know, it's a free community and we had everybody in it. We we're like, all right, let's just build, let's just build now a peak community which will be paid. So we we literally made it for marketers, for emerging CMOs who want to be CMOs and CMOs who want to be better CMOs. That's what it's catered to, and we're like, yeah, 500 people like paying every month, being part of it, and learning and sharing.
0: Love it. Well, um, we uh, we are unfortunately out of time. I know we both get on a soapbox, We can go for quite a while on this, but. Um, Definitely encourage everyone check. I mean, look, between Peak Community, all of Sangren's past books, the new book move, check them out. I can't wait to see what you're coming up with next. Um, I love that you are in a position now where you are basically an in-house analyst and evangelist and not for a product, but for a movement and for evangelizing where marketers are going and where B2B professionals in general are going go to market. So thank you for all the work that you do have done, continue to do. Uh, and thanks for thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I really, really look forward to doing this in person. Oh, uh, in person for sure. Like, I, uh, yeah, I've I've enjoyed being able to sleep in my own bed more the last year and a half, but definitely looking forward to getting back out and uh, seeing people in person again. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. For those of you live, thank you very much for watching. Uh, for those of you on demand, if you want to share a copy of this with your team, if you want other people to check out uh, Sangram's thoughts on go-to-market strategy as well as community best practices, this will be up on demand at salespipelineradio.com And we will see you next week for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks for watching and listening.
1: Thank you.